Hey guys, it's time for Nina's Got Good News. Nina's a former TV news gal who used to share all the news. Now, as a mom and small businesswoman, she wants to share only the good stuff. It's time to brighten your day. So here's your host, Nina B. Clark. Hi, everyone. How are you? I love that introduction because I'm actually sitting next to Dan Ball right now, my fabulous producer here on his college campus at Quinnipiac University in Connecticut. It's so beautiful here today. So lucky to be here with all of you. We are rolling. We Our mics are hot. We have a very important guest today who has so much good stuff for all of us. She actually could fill like 10 episodes worth of good content. So I'm going to try to do our best here today to pack all of her amazing knowledge into this one episode because we're here for podcast number 32. I can't believe we made it and you guys are still here with me. Our movement is growing every single week. Sharing good news is really catching on. And here we go with our superstar guest. She's going to surely motivate you and teach you so much. Jen Groover is a serial entrepreneur and author of an amazing book called What If and Why Not? And she's launching a new book, too. She's a motivational speaker around the world. She's an empowerment and business expert, a spokesperson and media contributor. Welcome to the podcast, Jen. Wow, you're such an accomplished, badass woman. I don't even know, like, that intro could take me, like, 15 (laughs) minutes. Go, girl. You're amazing. How are you? Good. It's how I control my ADD, Nina. I just keep starting new projects. <laughs> to add your to add to your bio, you're just like keep it going. I mean, I don't know. It's it's so impressive and I remember the first time I met you in Philadelphia. That's where you're calling in from today. We met in Philadelphia at a TV station there. I met you one time and you made such an impression on me at that one time years ago that I followed you ever since and you really are someone that we all can learn from and look up to. And I just want you to know how much we all appreciate you. I know you probably don't realize we're all watching on social media, but we are, and we're all really appreciative. So tell everyone a little bit more about you, Jen. Well, I appreciate that because sometimes we are doing things. I think everyone can resonate with this in some level, whether it's something you're doing with work or in your community or family, and sometimes you wonder I hope this is working. I hope it's making an impact. And um, it is, it's, it's always nice to hear that, that even, you know, when it doesn't seem like things might be clicking at that very moment, that it's still making impact for, for people uh, that you don't even realize are watching. So it's inspiring to me to continue always pushing being the best version of myself to be modeling for, um, whoever is watching so um, that they can be their best version self. I, I have girlfriends that will call me a, a lot and they'll say, I'm having a bad day. I keep looking at your Facebook wall, you know, trying to get in for some in, insight and information to, to feel better. So uh, it's important we keep putting out who we are to the world. And I know a lot of women diminish that because they feel like they don't want to seem like they're bragging or they don't want to seem like, you know, they're being self-centered, but uh, sometimes what you're doing and how you're living is inspiring other people. So it's very important. But my background, to answer your question, is uh, I grew up right outside of Philadelphia uh, in a highly dysfunctional home, which is probably exactly what drove me to do what I do today. And um, I've been an entrepreneur since 1995, which was way before it was cool to (laughs) 
to be an entrepreneur. People just thought you were not hireable at that moment. Uh, my first business was in the fitness industry, and the industry was very young at that time and just really beginning. And um, I learned so much at that time, number one, most importantly, to follow your passion, even when it doesn't have a clear path, uh, that it can turn into something very purposeful. And um, I learned a lot about influencer marketing back then, which is now something that's a staple in our world of branding and marketing. And I learned that uh, we are interconnected, multi-layered, ever-evolving human beings. And the reason I feel so proud of all the different titles that you put into, that you're announcing in my, um, you know, put them in my bio, (laughs) but we're announcing in my bio, um, are important because we, so many people hold themselves captive to this limited belief that they can only do or be one thing pretty much their whole life. And that's not the truth. We are multi-layered and multi-capable people. And so we can continue to evolve and add to our story and not limit who we are supposed to be because somebody created a belief system and we've believed it long ago that you can only do or be one thing and then you get stuck there and suffer for the rest of your life. So you invented this amazing bag, which, by the way, you were the founder of the Butler Bag, which was like a million-dollar business out of a handbag. So how did that Mm -hmm. all come about? And where did you end up selling that? I can't really remember the the backstory on that. But so how did that happen? You invented this bag and then, you know, made a lot of money and then you sold it, I guess, right? Yeah. So um, I invented technology in a handbag when my now 14-year-old twins were newborns, just out of being this overwhelmed, crazy new mom and um, wanting to have a a sense of control of my life in some way. Uh, One day I was in the grocery store trying to just grab something quick for dinner and have my infants with me and put their car seats down as I went to pay the cashier. And uh, as I was digging for my credit card and couldn't find it amongst all my baby stuff and my stuff, I got overwhelmed because everyone behind me is rolling their eyes, (laughs) waiting for me to move quickly through the line. My babies begin simultaneously screaming, crying. And I dumped my entire bag out trying to, uh, to find my credit card in front of the cashier. And I think to myself as I'm leaving that day, I cannot believe that women accept a bucket or a bag. Like, literally, it's a bucket. And we just keep dumping all this stuff inside with no organization. And um, I shelved that idea. You know, I, I thought about it, like, how can I do this? And I did... The same thing most people do, where I can't really draw very well, I'm not an engineer, you know, how would I possibly be able to solve this problem? And about nine months later, as I'm unloading my dishwasher, I have the bird's eye view of the knives, forks, and spoons in my dishwasher uh, and in the utensil tray, and I take the utensil tray out of my dishwasher, as any normal person would do, and stuck it in my handbag, and... That became the answer to that problem that I had in the grocery store that day. And um, that's where the butler bag began. That was the first prototype. And in the first year we hit, once once launching, the first year we hit a million in sales. The second year we hit 10 million in sales. And um, and then I 
did a licensing deal at that time period where I knocked myself off at every price point. One of my biggest brand partners uh, was Avon. And uh, and then that's where it home began or, or, or stayed uh, when Avon took it over about four years ago. Um, and so that was giving me an opportunity to go build other things. Which oh, was I awesome. love that. Yeah, so it's still available, though, correct? The butler bag is still available. Yes, it is. Um, it's an interesting time period right now because uh, Avon's gone through a lot of restructuring and, and um, buyout, actually, about two years ago, three years ago now. Uh, so we're actually in talks of me getting my license back um, and being able to relaunch it. So either way, I'll still have a life. I'm just not sure what direction that is. It's okay. kind of exciting. Yeah, I love this. It's like so, the bag has its own journey. The bag, <laughs> maybe you should do an Instagram just for the bag. The journey yeah, of the bag. Yeah. I love it. If that bag yeah, could talk, so, you know, Jen. Yeah, well, you know, the thing is, is um, when any company has a, a takeover, a lot of things change. So I recognize that immediately. Uh, so I just really cared about what the future of of. The bag was going, bag was going to be, um, and so uh, so it's interesting. It's at a, a time where I could potentially even relaunch it. Um, that that's left to be determined still. But either way, uh, it's got a great future. I just don't know. So stay tuned because I could be relaunching. Oh my gosh, I love it! I love it so much. Well, if someone, I don't know if you listened, um, but one of the podcasts I've done in the beginning of 2019, early on. Um, in January was I said that one of my year, one of my words for the new year for 2019 is growth. And so now that you're a motivational speaker, you go around the world basically motivating and inspiring people and talking to all these companies. So what is your best advice to make growth happen? Like when you're talking to all these companies and all these different CEOs and just people like me that are interested in growing, What's your advice for growth? I know you love that word too, and I love that we both yeah. we both have that word on our minds, but what's your advice on that? Well, and why I love that word so much before I answer your question directly is growth equals happiness, and most people never, ever realize it. And so when people get stuck in life and they find themselves unhappy, the first thing I ask them is, what are you doing to grow? Because if you're not growing, you're not happy. And, and a lot of people never get this. They, they just become complacent in life, and they're in the same mundane routine. Of course you're going to not feel invigorated or passionate or excited. You're not doing anything different. And so uh, the, the key to happiness is to continue growing. So I love that that's your word this year. Uh, growth is, is a daily thing. It is an ongoing process that never ends, just like brushing your teeth and showering. You wake up every day and you brush your teeth and you do it a couple times throughout the day. And, and, and that's what growth is, whether it's waking up every morning and reading something new and in, in personal development or listening to an audio or video, uh, it's trying new things throughout the day and pushing your limits. So, you know, I've been working out, I was a fitness competitor right out of college and uh, that was, you know, back in the 90s and, I'm, uh, you know, competing and doing all of these cool things. And I, I don't have the same tenacity at exercise the way I did back then, but I have it as more of a lifestyle to stay fit and young and, and healthy. 
So what I do now to continue growing in that realm, because we can grow in all different realms. I can grow as a mom. I can grow as a businesswoman. I can grow as a, a partner. I can grow as, uh, you know, a friend. In my fitness category, what I do now is try new classes that are just coming out. There's this one class I just started to do that uses drumsticks, and it plays rock music. And I'm like, what is this really going to do? Well, using these drumsticks as you're doing all these movements, your shoulders and back are on fire. But it's something new, and it's something uncomfortable. So I'm growing there. Or this one with um, bungees where you're, like, jumping up and down, and, and you're flying in the air like, like Peter Pan. And then the bungee pulls you back down, and it's using such a different sense of muscles. So my body is being challenged. My mind's being challenged. My my comfort's being challenged, so I'm still growing. So mm-hmm. it's not just about growth and personal development and your mindset, but it's growth in all aspects of your life. I love that. Well, so you brought up mindset. So let's talk about mindset. Why do you think mindset is kind of half the battle? Or maybe in some cases it's the make or break issue, right? Mindset could be everything, but... Why do you yep. why do you focus so much on mindset? Why do you think that's important? Well, I think it is the fun foundation of everything, right? So I meet people with a lot of great ideas, but they don't believe in themselves. Well, they pretty much don't have a chance if they don't believe in themselves. I have a woman who reached out to me the other day who's got this really cool product that she invented, but she's scared to death to do sales, any sales. She's scared to death of of a bit of rejection. And I said to her, well, then you're not going to be successful. I, I hate to break it to you, but even if you hire a good sales team, you're still a startup and you need to be the voice of your company. So unless you change your mindset and correct your beliefs, you're not going to be successful because there's no way to do it. And, um, and so here's somebody with a great idea, a great product. She's already created the product, so she took action but it's her belief system that's still going to hold her back from making or breaking this. And um, there's a lot of beliefs that people have around money and success that continuously will self-sabotage them. This is one of the most painful things to watch in life for me is people who will their success but keep only tapping out at certain level because they believe that if they're too successful, their friends are going to not like them. Or if they're too successful, this is a really big one. It's, they're going to have too many more responsibilities. If they're too successful, then uh, people are going to ask too many things from them. So there are these belief systems that people have that they don't even know that they have that are counterintuitive or, and counter, counteracting all of their goals and desires, which really makes it impossible. One other woman who I just started working with, was saying, you know, I just can't get past this financial threshold. I just can't do it. And and I said, well, you know, tell me why you want to do it. And as we started uncovering everything she really wanted and desired from life, she kept saying, you know, it's not about the money. It's not about the money. And I go, well, here's your problem. <laughs> You're ashamed that you want success right now. There's something shameful about money and success to you because you keep saying it's not about the money, but it is. You want to help all these people and make impact in all these lives. You can't do it without money. So it is about the money. So you have to get real about why it is that you believe money is shameful or choose a belief that empowers you to achieve your goal. So to me, mindset is 
is, you know, 70% of it. Mm -hmm. 30% is definitely taking action, but there's a lot of people I've witnessed that take action, but the belief systems that they have will never let them take that action into something of value. Mm Mm-hmm. I know. It's so true. Well, I'm all about taking action in the new year for my growth, for my word of the of the year. But what about self-doubt? Because I hear this a lot, especially with women. Um, I, I, you know, it's, it's, it's a bummer that, that I hear this a lot, but especially, you know, as I'm, as I'm helping others on my beauty counter team, I'm mentoring other women that are trying to build businesses. And there's just seems to be this little thing that creeps in and it's called self-doubt. So how do you help yeah. people overcome self-doubt? And why do you think, especially for women, why, why is it there? Well, uh, this is one of my favorite things to talk about. I have so many answers to give you at one time. Uh, so self-doubt, by the way, is a belief system. So it always comes back. It always comes back to what are your belief systems. So whatever outcome you are having right now in your life that you don't like, whatever outcome that you're having that you don't like, you have a belief system attached to it that needs to change to change the outcome. The outcome cannot change until the belief system does. Or if it changes, it's just momentary because you're using willpower to force something versus transforming into who you need to be to get the results that it is that you desire. Um, and so in 2006, I was speaking for Make Mine a Million uh, for American Express. Mel Molino is the founder who is a friend and a mentor to me. And uh, I learned from her the statistic that back then, 2006, women were creating less than 1% of the wealth in the United States. Now, interestingly enough, women were equally graduating from universities and starting two and a half to one businesses to men, yet only creating less than 1% of the wealth. So my psychology degree in me is like, wait, why is that happening? That doesn't, there's no logic to those statistics other than it has to be belief systems. So I started to become hyper-focused on this. And by the way, that was my motivation to turn the Butler Bag Company into a million-dollar company in the first year, to be a model to break the belief system that so many women had that if you're successful, you're going to be a bad mom, a bad spouse, a, a, a mean person, and or I have to be really, really smart, and I have to have all these degrees. And so I wanted to say, okay, well, one of the reasons this is happening is there's not enough role models, female role models out there that women are identifying with to say, oh, I could be her. And so I wanted to be that. So that was what created my drive, be bigger than me, something bigger than me. Because women, we need something bigger than us to really push us. We need to be doing it for our village in one way, shape, or form. And, and so when I did this, when I recognized this and I created this commitment to create a million dollars in one year of business was to break this paradigm that I was realizing. So interestingly enough, two, uh, 10 years later, 2016, women were creating less than 3% of the wealth in the United States. So we'd only increase that 2%, which is insane because women now are graduating more than men from universities and starting three and a half 
to one businesses to men. So off the top, we can discount, yes, some women only start their own businesses to have flexibility to be a more present, flexible mom. Yes. Well, we could, so those people aren't going out saying they want a million-dollar company necessarily. They're just saying they want a certain sustainability. But beyond that, this still doesn't make sense. I mean, we all have access to the same knowledge. We have a phone. It's called Google University. You can Google anything you want right now. You can learn anything about anything. And so it goes back to the belief systems of women still believing that if I'm too successful, I'm not going to be a good mom. If I'm too successful, my friends aren't going to like me. If I'm too successful, then I'm not going to be able to, you know, have an enjoyment with my family. All these belief systems that women diminish them, their own potential for that have not yet changed based on generations of programming that have to change. And, and what's interesting, and interesting enough is when my daughters first got a cell phone and they got Instagram, I taught them about, you know, the safety rules around it. And then one of the key rules was I would have to choose who they follow. And I did this on purpose because I knew what was coming through their feed is becoming their reality. Mm-hmm. And so I, they could only follow friends I approved upon. And then I made them follow a bunch of my friends. Well, it just so happened that that summer, a bunch of my friends had book launches and were launching different companies and always doing cool things. And my daughter, my one daughter at the end of the summer, as the first summer they had their Instagram account, said to me, Mom, I don't know what book I'm going to write. Oh, my gosh. Look, I love mean, that. Yes. Cool. It, it worked, Jen. It worked. It worked. She literally believes, and my daughter still believes, that like it's a normal thing that every woman like writes a book, launches a book, launches a company, goes on television. I mean, that's what they do, right? And they started hearing these limited beliefs from other girls at school or kids, boys and girls at school. And they'd come home and be like, Mom, my teacher said no one really is successful having their own business. That's not right. All of your friends that have their own businesses are the ones that are most successful. So now they're starting to see these limited beliefs shining through other people. And thank God they're able to call it out. Well, thank, thank goodness you're their mom in charge of their Instagram. I love this. I'm totally stealing that. You know, my kids are much younger, so they won't have phones and Instagram for a long time. But I'm totally stealing that idea. So thank you for that. Real, real mom That's talk here on the podcast. But so in terms of, <laughs> in terms of the growth, um, what would you tell someone in terms of like action steps? What if someone wants to take their business to the next level this year? They want to have that growth. What are some action steps to break it down? Like, you know, what is, what are some of the things you tell people to do as to make it part of their routine in terms of wanting to have that growth and wanting to take their business to the next level? Yeah. So again, another like layered answer, but first thing I would say is, um, get clear with your goals and not just what they are, but why they are. And, and going back to the, the difference between men and women, what I've found, and this will be the focus of my next TED Talk, is women operate differently than men. And if we step in our feminine power versus our masculine energy, which we can do both, and men can do both too, 
but women should be operating more predominantly from their feminine energy than their masculine. But for so long, we've tried to duplicate business from masculine energy instead of tapping into our real power, which is the feminine energy. And so we've been setting goals like men too. And it just doesn't identify with most women. Most women are like, yeah, I'm going to go around and make a million dollars this year. And that feels meaningful for them. So when I say get clear in your goals, really what I'm saying is get meaningful in your goals. And so instead of saying, definitely put a number to it. I think that's very important. But then work back from that number, the meaning. So a million dollars this year and, you know, for you with Beauty Counter, I'm going to empower 100 new women to build their business to whatever level that would equate to. So instead of just thinking about that dollar, which kind of puts the brakes on it for a lot of women because they're like, oh, oh, that's too big. That feels really big. That feels very overwhelming and a lot of responsibility. If we bring it down to something meaningful, like I'm going to empower 100 new women to build their businesses to this level, and that means I need to work backwards again from there. That means I need to connect with 10 new women a week for X amount of weeks because not all 10 are going to sign up. Let's just say one of those 10 every, do every week. And, and so you're working backwards from it, and it just simplifies the entire process of what you need to accomplish each week. And another big thing in, in accomplishing goals and taking action that I, I thought everyone did and I recently learned that so many people don't is having to-do lists every single day. So as I mentioned, you have your big goals for the year. Then you work backwards in those goals for each month and each week. So then every day you should be doing something working for those goals as well. And every day on your to-do list, you have, for me, I create this list. I've been doing this literally since I was a kid, where on my left side are the things I need to do. The middle are the things that are things I personally need to do. So, you know, when I was in college, it would be on the left side where my school things, in the middle, my personal things. And on the right is the phone calls or texts that I would make, because they're usually faster. And so... I can maintain the system and I share this system with people because it just simplifies the overwhelm. And so many people go through life without these to-do lists and it baffles me because they feel overwhelmed because they're just not putting thoughts to paper and they're not creating structure around it. And I'll take it one step further. I still use an old school notepad. So on the right side of my notepad is that to-do list and on the left side is my day broken down in half-hour blocks, 8 to 8.30, 8.30 to 9, all day long to the end of the day or whenever it is that I'm put, choosing to put effort forth and assigning things into those, those areas. So for those who are trying to build something, this is where the people feel stuck the most, you obviously have a certain meeting, so you put the meeting there. When you have blanks, you look at what's on your to-do list to do and you make it just like an appointment in your block, in your time block. And that's your appointment. So maybe you're not going to meet somebody for coffee, but you're sending a proposal or you're doing, you know, an email outreach to 10 new people. Put it in your time schedule like a meeting so you actually show up for your meeting for yourself. I love that. I'm a huge list person. So I'm like taking notes about how I'm going to restructure all my lists and how I'm going to restructure my time blocking. I love that so much. So I know, Jen, that you do... 
you go around all around the world to do these motivational talks. And I know you've done a few TED Talks, which I am totally want to hear about because that is just, it must be a little bit scary, but at the same time, so awesome and so empowering as a woman to be up there on that big stage doing these TED Talks. But what is it that most people from all around the world that you go and talk to, what is it that most people really need to hear from? What are you trying to What's usually like your overriding theme or do you change it up every week, every different speech you're doing, or do you always try to get some sort of similar message across? Like, what do you think people are most needing to hear these days? Well, one of my quotes that became most well-known was have more fear of regret than failure. So that, that message still resonates very much with people, that whole theme around identifying fear and using it in your in your favor because we're never going to be completely fearless because there is an, an instinctual thing about fear that keeps us alive. So we're, how do we use it in our favor? And for me, it was having more fear of regret than I had of failure that propelled me forward. And anytime I faced a moment of, oh my God, this is big and scary, I don't want to do it. I would think to myself how much I would regret it if I didn't to push me through those moments. So that is definitely a a theme that everybody resonates with universally. One of the biggest things I'm teaching a lot right now is emotional intelligence. And in the last few years, that's become a big buzz word. And it was actually created in 1995. Um, So it was still a, a newer a newer formula of a certain intelligence that we have. To me, it's the fundamental intelligence, the foundation of all, because when we can master ourselves, which is emotional intelligence, we can master our lives. And and emotional intelligence includes mindset training. uh, It includes physiological um, foundation. So, you know, you can't be emotionally intelligent if, or you can't optimize your emotional intelligence if you're not fueling your body properly on a regular basis, because when we're not fueling our body properly, we're feeling tired and run down. And, and if we're eating candy all day, we're feeling emotionally all over the place because we keep creating this chemical reaction in our bodies. And so uh, that a lot of people I'll teach that just a simple thing at a company uh, about how someone eating sugar in their work day is affecting their performance and their mood. And people come to me and they're like, I never knew that before. I just thought it was bad to eat because I didn't want to gain weight. Oh, my God, this is going to change my life. And so um, emotional intelligence, the way I teach it, connects every aspect of, of, of who we are and how do you become your optimal you. And I put it to a performance conversation because that's what most companies really care about, right, is performance. So how do you be the optimal performing you? How do you think of yourself? as an athlete in your workplace. And so uh, that's another really big thing. And my next book, which is called The More Method, um, the tagline being the simple formula to get more of everything you desire in life, was really the culmination of all these disciplines that I was teaching. Um, So I say emotional intelligence, and a lot of people think one little aspect of it that they'll read about an emotional intelligence 2.0. And what a lot of my colleagues are missing in the emotional intelligence conversation is they're teaching people how to think emotionally intelligently. 
instead of be emotionally intelligent, which is two very different life experiences. Um, and they're missing the, the physiology part of the conversation. They're uh, missing the, uh, the energetic part of the conversation. And, and so when I started bringing all these elements together, literally psychology, physiology, nutrition, um, quantum physics, metaphysics, and neuroscience all together, I'm like, what am I calling this? Because this is way more than just emotional intelligence. And it teaches you how to get more of everything good in life. And, and I was like, wait, that's what it is. It's the more method. Um, and so uh, that's also the, you know, the area that I'm speaking the most on right now. And once again, it keeps coming back to how do I be the best version me? And that's what people are seeking to know because, unfortunately, people aren't taught that in school. No, they're not. No, they're not. Here we are in college here at the college radio station, and they're not teaching that. But Jen is, so it's good we're here. <laughs> it's good we're here sharing this good news with everyone. So, Jen, I like to keep it yeah. real here on the podcast, and not it's not all rainbows and unicorns, of course. So I know yeah. you've had your challenges, but now what are some of the challenges that you've had now? You're so successful, but I'm sure with all that success – there are some new challenges that you're facing. So share with us some of the challenges you've had and sort of how you overcome them because, you know, I don't want people to think everything is all, you know, hunky-dory every single day and you get up and you're, you know, um, it's like New Year's New Year's Eve every single day for you. I'm sure the real life, Jen, is there's some challenges, right? Yeah, I think the biggest challenge is continuously balanced for me. Um, because I'm so, I desire to live life, uh, to its fullest, I sometimes over commit, um, and over, um, expand myself <laughs> and, and we just talked about physiology, right? So it's energy management to me is, is probably my biggest ongoing struggle, um, and, and that might not sound like a struggle to people that are listening in their 20s, but when you're in your 40s, um, it does become more of a challenge of, you know, balancing between 14-year-old twins needing to have their sport and social life and being in a million places and wanting to accomplish bigger things, right, because that really becomes another part of your ego where I've already accomplished these things. I need to keep, like, upping the ante, and, and then the balance of enjoying life at the same time, like really enjoying it, not, not needing everything to be about work all the time and, um, and saying no, like I can't show up for your son's first birthday party this weekend because I've done X amount of things all week and I have my kids cheer in gymnastics competition. So um, I'd say that's, Definitely an ongoing struggle is always finding the balance. And there's no true balance between the two. It's really about the uh, energy management between all of those things and creating boundaries and not feeling bad about saying no. And I know a lot of women really struggle with that. They'd rather put themselves out and completely deplete themselves um, and, and then be unhappy themselves instead of disappointing somebody else. And um, to me, it's, you know, it goes back to the whole oxygen mask uh, theory of if you, you can't help yourself, you can't help others. And so, um, you know, 
also being a speaker or anyone who does things with a lot of people every day, and a lot of people never acknowledge this. I have a lot of clients who are high performers, but all have autoimmune suppression issues, which I had back in my fitness competitor days, which stay with you for the pretty much, you know, you can heal to a certain place, but your immune system always has compromise after that. What's interesting enough is they're high performers who never learned how to say no, and they're always around a lot of people. And a lot of, uh, so often people never understand that if you're around people a lot and you're giving to people a lot and you're taking on other people's energy a lot, your energy management is a lot more difficult to manage because of that. And, and so it's really important to learn a pattern of re- rejuvenation, I call it. So I did um, a TED Talk the other day, and that was on a Thursday night, and I took Friday off already so that I knew I was going to be exhausted because my adrenaline would be up all day. I'd be preparing the nights before, probably not sleeping that well. And so Friday, I already knew that I took off and I could block that in advance instead of trying to force myself through Friday and being, quite honestly, half worthless for anyone that I was working with that day because there's no way I'd be giving my all. And I know this about myself in advance. And so those I call energy management strategies that actually can help your performance long-term, even though it's like, I don't have time to take a day off. You almost don't have time not to, because then my exhaustion would be dragging right into this week with me. So um, I'd say, you know, that's my my biggest challenge right now. And um, I think maturity allows you um, an opportunity to question you know, whether your current goals are in alignment with your legacy versus your your ego, just wanting to be right and, 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 and praise. I love that. So, yeah. It's such good advice. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I feel like you're, you're really, like, speaking to me. I love this. So tell us what's on your mind in 2019. You've got a lot, lot going on. You're launching this second book, like you said, The More Method. But what else are you focusing on these days for the for 2019? What else? I know you have some other projects in the works, so tell us more about that. Yeah, so I have my um, Howard Eyewear, which is innovative eyewear, uh, that the first ever interchangeable eyewear. So you buy one lens, your prescription lens, and then you can change it in and out of all these different fashion colors and styles as well. Uh, which has never been done before. That's so cool. And uh, you're launching that? That's going to be your baby? Your 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 other baby? Yeah. That's, um, that's definitely my other baby. Okay. Um, I, have, I do have some partners. Great. Um, the original concept came from uh, one of the male partners who was an engineer, had no idea how to do it. He, he came up with the concept because of his daughter getting her first pair of eyeglasses and taking eight hours to choose her frame because she was going to be stuck with this one frame and she's like well it's not going to match all my clothes and it's not going to like be fashionable with all my outfits and he's like oh my gosh this is insane so um he had the the concept he just had no idea what to do with it so uh he reached out to me and that's how this partnership began um and that's how it evolved into empowered eyewear um oh i'm so excited about that that's so fun and then the, the new book the more method yeah, so a lot of speaking and speaking tours. Oh, my gosh. Um, I love it. I'm You're so busy. <laughs> I'm 
I love it. I love speaking. That's my favorite thing. Um, I'm doing a lot of corporate training right now uh, as well. So not just speaking, but actual corporate training on uh, culture and um, team building. So really bringing in the fundamental principles of emotional intelligence to um, an outcome of creating a better culture or better teams, which better teams create better cultures. So it's all kind of interconnected. It's just whatever language the company is speaking, um, as well as sales training, uh, bringing in the emotional intelligence into the sales training to teach salespeople how to not only know themselves better, but read other people better, uh, which is exciting. And, um, you know, my my word of this year is a light, uh, and, and it actually has a dual purpose for me, uh, focusing on just I, 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 I like to have fun. I love to enjoy my life. But I sometimes feel like as we get older, we forget to be light, just like light about things and kind of like a kid, like flying through life, like enjoying it for nothing, really, for just silly moments. So being light to me can mean, uh, means, you know, being a little bit sillier um, and not as serious about certain things. Uh, and then also the other part of that light is just keep shining my light, like really coming from a place of when I get on stage, not thinking about what I'm saying, but the light that I'm emitting to the audience, um, I love is the that. other big Yeah, you do me. shine so bright, Jen. That's so perfect for you. I love that. And then by you Thank shining you. bright, if someone's light isn't very bright, maybe you can light up, light it brighter for them, you know, and when you're serving yeah. your audiences like that. I love that. Well, so Jen, if anyone wants to follow you on Instagram, you know, the gram is my jam, but hopefully, yeah. hopefully you're as into Instagram as I am. And it sounds like your twin daughters are too, but what is your Instagram handle for people to follow you? And if they're interested in booking you for a corporate talk, how do they find you? Sure. Uh, it's uh, my name, Jen Gruber. That's one N and two O's in Gruber. Just remember Groovy, Groovy Groover. Um, and then also uh, LinkedIn is another valuable resource, especially if you want to connect with me uh, to book for speaking. I'm also very active still on, on um, Facebook. I still love Facebook, which I guess is starting to show my age, apparently. No, no, it's all good, Jim. We still, we still, <laughs> love, we still love you on Facebook, yes. Well, that's how I saw your, your your recent TED talk up there. So that was so cool. So no, it's all good. We uh, we like Facebook. We just like the gram a little better right now. But well, you do great stories on the gram. Oh, I love it. thank I you. Thank I, you. I don't have it in me to do the stories yet. I love watching other people, but um, I just feel like I'm always connected as it is, and and I haven't been able to get in into it yet. So. I know it's really important, by the way, anyone who's listening, don't discount it because it's very important, especially aggregating new followers. Yes. Uh, so I'm a little envious when oh. I watch people doing good stories. <laughs> well, you have so much you have so much going on, Jen. I'm just so in awe of you. And I just want to thank you so much. I want everyone to get your new book, The More Method, once it comes out. Follow Jen on Instagram and on Facebook and on LinkedIn. But thank you so much, Jen, and you are truly a role model for your daughters and for my daughter and all the daughters out there that are going to be listening to this. So thank you for that. 
And because your word is light, just keep shining bright for all of us because the world needs more of your light right now. So thank you so much, Jen. I really appreciate you being here. And hopefully next time I'm, I'm in Philadelphia visiting my brother, Tyler, we can all go out for a drink. I would love to see you again in person. Thank you again so much. That would be amazing. Yeah. I would love it. Oh, good. Well, thanks, Jen. And thank you all for listening. Thank thanks, Jen. I'm so grateful for all of you. I know that I would never be here without all of you supporting me and inspiring me to be a kinder, better person every single day. Remember, this: the mission of this podcast is to get better together as a community here in the audio space. For now, I am your host, Nina Clark. Please find me on Instagram, Nina B for Bradley. And then don't forget, Clark has an E at the end. Thanks again for listening and let's keep being awesome.